All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Man, Merry Christmas and welcome to Christmas of Compassion. Uh, man, I'm so thankful that you chose to spend this time with us worshiping Jesus as we honor his miraculous arrival on planet Earth. You know, usually we have a service uh, every Wednesday, but because Wednesday is Christmas day, Christmas day this year, we've canceled our Wednesday night services, but we're having these services tonight. We've got two Christmas Eve services coming up on Tuesday. We're going to have four Christmas Day webcasts on our website. Uh, so if you normally go to church on Wednesday, you can catch that on uh, Wednesday uh, from our website and enjoy that. And you know what? We've got a ton of young people with us in big church for this service. So let's welcome all of our children and students who are with us today. Come on, y'all, everybody. Let's welcome them. So glad to have you here. And isn't it great to see kids playing with candles and not in any danger of burning the church down? It's kind of, kind of a good thing, man. And for those of you students, we're so glad you're here to babysit your parents through the service. Uh, we're sure they'll behave better since you're here, and we appreciate that. Hey, I'm so disappointed that our snowfield got rained out. Man, it just breaks my heart. I've been telling everybody there's a 100% chance of snow on Christmas Eve at Compassion, and we got rained out. Of course, it ain't Christmas Eve yet either. It could still happen on Tuesday. Just next time I say 100% guaranteed, somebody say, Cam, you should say Lord willing, all right? And, and it doesn't rain. So anyway, after the service, you know, you're not going to be able to see your kids out on the uh, Winter Olympic uh, playground, uh, but you can grab a cup of coffee or some apple cider and have some fun out in the lobby. And man, we hope you'll take advantage of that. Now, one of the fun things for me every Christmas is singing Christmas songs, which we've been doing. And one of the songs that I really love is O Little Town of Bethlehem, which has been one of my favorite songs since I was in elementary school. Now, there's a, a line in that song that goes like this. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, which is kind of an indicator that all of the hope and honestly, all of the fear can be found in Jesus, can be handed to Jesus because on that night, he came to earth on a rescue mission uh, to set things right for our lives and for our world. And man, one of the great reminders of Christmas is that Jesus is somebody who can help you with your hopes and he can also help you with your fears. And you know, the reason we say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays so often this time of year is because we all have high hopes for this holiday season. You know, Jesus brought an eternal spiritual hope uh, when he was born to be the savior of our world. And we're all about celebrating that at Christmas and thankful for that. But you know what? We're also hoping we'll have good health and we'll enjoy some good food and we'll have some good times with our families. And, and man, on Christmas Day, we hope we'll get some uh, gifts that will make us smile. And so, I mean, you know, we have high hopes at Christmas time. But the song says the hopes and fears of all the years, because Christmas can be a time of fear as well. And it certainly was that first Christmas. I mean, sometimes it's not Merry Christmas. Sometimes it's scary Christmas, you know. Sometimes it's not Christmas cheer. It's Christmas fear. Now, I haven't had a lot of experience with that Christmas fear part, but I do remember the scariest Christmas ever for me and my family. Uh, my Sarah and I, uh, we were looking forward to our second Christmas as a family. Uh, we got married. This is what we looked like when we got married, y'all. I'm almost twice the man I was then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I really, really put on a lot of muscle there. But anyway... Uh, I was a pastor of this little tiny church up in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I was going to graduate school, driving four hours every week to graduate school and preaching at this little church. We had one baby, you know, who was just over a year old. We lived in this tired little house trailer on the property of the little church where I was serving. And the church called it a parsonage. And we like to think of it as an aluminum condo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but man, it was old. I mean, it was older than I was. And, and my mom and my brother, you know, had come to Rock Hill to spend Christmas with us. So we were looking forward to having a great time as a family right up until it started snowing. 
And it started snowing just a few days before Christmas, which is kind of awesome. I mean, that's a cool thing. You know, we don't get a white Christmas very often down south. I think we've had one white Christmas back in 1989 here in Savannah, and it was the first one in recorded history, you know. Uh, so when it started snowing, we got all excited about that right up until the electricity went out. I mean, I guess a tree froze and broke in half and fell over the power lines. And so the power in our little trailer went out and we didn't have a fireplace. So, man, we just started bundling up. Right. And then the water lines all froze. So we didn't have light and we didn't have heat and we didn't have water. And it's getting colder and colder in that little house trailer. And, you know, Sarah and I had a little baby and we had a little car and the roads are freezing and it's getting a little scary. And my mom and my brother and my wife and my little teeny baby all looking at me like, what are you going to do about it? And I didn't know what I was going to do about it until the phone rang and it was my friend Larry Mayfield. Now, I almost said, you know, we lived up in Rock Hill and we didn't have any family nearby, but that would not have been true. We had our church family and Larry and Shyla Mayfield were members of our tiny little church. And honestly, they lived in the biggest, most beautiful home in a gated community I had ever seen in my life, about 15 miles from our little church. And when they heard on the news that the power was out all over our county, they called a check on us. And Larry said, do you have any lights? And I'm like, nope. Got any heat? Nope. Got any running water? Nope. You got a gas stove? Nope. He said, brother, fear not. Y'all come over and have Christmas with us. And, you know, they didn't have any kids coming home for Christmas. So they had this big house and it was empty. And I didn't want to impose on him. I, I said I didn't want to impose on him. I really did want to impose on him. You know what I'm saying? I want to impose on somebody, man, because my Christmas was not getting merrier. It was getting scarier, right? And so it did not take long for him to talk us into coming over. So we literally loaded up all of our Christmas gifts and took them and put them under his Christmas tree. And we just had an, an extraordinary time. And my scariest Christmas turned into one of the merriest Christmases because of the provision of the Lord and the compassion of Larry and Shiloh Mayfield. Now, I just believe that God in his providence moved that couple to think about us and then to call us and make a place at their table for us and invite us to come over and just be a part of their family for Christmas. And here we are 38 years later, and I'm still thankful for the way God turned my fears into hopes with one message over the phone. Now, friends, if you know anything about the Christmas story, you know it ended with really high hopes, but it started with a lot of fear. In fact, four different people faced four different kinds of fear that first Christmas. And if you read the Christmas story, you'll be able to figure out who they are. I'm not going to tell you, but in each one of those situations, God sent a messenger from heaven to four different people to give them the exactly the same message do not be afraid because I'm with you. And friends, you need to realize that many of us are facing all four of those fears this Christmas. But again, I just want to remind you, God sent everybody in the Christmas story a personal message. You don't need to be afraid because I am with you. And he was with them at the first Christmas and he's with us at this Christmas. And friends, if this Christmas is more about fear than cheer for you, God's got the same message for you. Do not be afraid because I am with you. Now, the first time that message came in the Christmas story was nine months before Joseph and Mary arrived at Bethlehem. Mary was facing the fear of inadequacy. Everybody say inadequacy. She just didn't feel like she was enough. And God sent an angel to give her this message. Do not be afraid 
Do not be afraid. Now, I bet you've heard this story. You know, the story is of a beautiful, holy young woman named Mary, and she lived in a little village called Nazareth. And then God sent the angel of the Lord all the way from heaven. And he came to speak to Mary and he said, hail favored one. And she's like, what kind of greeting is this? And the angel said, behold, I have good news of great joy. And man, he told her all this amazing stuff that was going to happen just because God had picked her out. And you know what her response was? She didn't jump up and down and say hallelujah. Man, she was scared. She felt inadequate. I mean, suddenly an angel from heaven appears in her bedroom and it scared her. She's thinking, what did I do? And I mean, she's a young girl who's never gotten a message from God like this before. And that kind of confused her. Man, why is this happening to me? And then she's told by the angel she's going to have a baby. And she knew how babies were conceived. And she knew that she was a virgin. And this is impossible. And that kind of intimidated her. Plus, she's engaged and she's part of a Jewish family that she fears is never going to believe her. And they are never going to understand all this. And it scared her to death. That's why Dr. Luke wrote, Mary was greatly troubled at the words of the angel. And she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Man, is this the end of life for me? Is this just going to be the end? And then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Girl, you're not in trouble. You're blessed. You're not in trouble. God's got his eye on you. Man, can't you just see the angel saying, Mary, relax, girl. God loves you. God is with you. You're not in trouble. Mary, God thinks so highly of you that he has chosen you to do this miraculous, world-changing thing through. So don't give in to fear. You need to trust him. Now, you know, when we get worried, everybody say worried. Worried is the warning flasher on your emotional dashboard that you are giving into fear. This is how God warns us that we're giving into fear. Every time you start worrying about anything, you are giving into fear. And anytime you're being overcome by fear, you're going to know it because you'll start to worry. And friends, Mary was worried about all kinds of stuff because she felt inadequate. I mean, she mistakenly felt like, man, I got to pull all this off on my own. And so the angel told her some things that would eliminate her fear. He said, Mary, God is going to do this thing. God is going to do all of this through you. He's going to do stuff in you and he's going to do stuff through you that you could never do on your own. Mary, you don't have to worry about whether you are strong enough or whether you are smart enough or whether you can pull it off on your own. Man, God is with you and God loves you and God is going to do this through you. Mary, you don't have to be perfect. I mean, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to get it all right all the time. God knows everything about you. He still loves you. He still chose you. He still wants to do something really special through you. So Mary, do not give in to fear. Don't let yourself get paralyzed by the sense of inadequacy. Mary, what do you say? And it's interesting that she actually answered that question and said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me according to your word. Now, friends, that is a declaration of faith in God over fear. Now, friends, faith is always the antidote for fear. Say it with me, everybody. Faith is always the antidote for fear. But man, don't miss this. I want you to look at how Mary kept her faith so strong so that she would not get pushed around by her fear. First of all, she started hanging out with some believing friends. 
She had some family members who loved the Lord and believed just like she did, and she started hanging out with them, and that was a really good thing. But the second thing she did was the very same thing we've already done tonight that some of us do every time we feel fear building in our hearts. We see worry on the horizon. Man, Mary sang a song about God's love for her to keep her faith strong. Mary actually wrote a song about her love for God and the promises that God had made to her and the power that she believed God was going to provide for her. And you can read the lyrics of the song. It's called Mary's Song. It's right here in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. But singing that song reminded her of God's truth and it reminded her of God's power and it reminded her that God's favor was on her and it increased her faith and it helped her overcome her fears. And it's not just singing. It's not just singing anything. I mean, have y'all seen this? Hey, my car's making a terrible noise. Uh, have you tried removing that Michael Jackson Christmas CD? <laughs> okay. okay, I like Michael, okay. But singing, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town is not going to build your faith. you got to sing songs that build faith. And I know what some of y'all are thinking right now. Kim, I'm just not a singer. I'm not about all that singing stuff. Okay, okay. That's, that's your choice. That's on you. But you just to know that, need to know that if you refuse to sing these faith-building kind of songs that we sing here at church every week, you are choosing to avoid one of the antidotes for fear that God designed to keep your faith strong. Man, if you refuse to just engage in singing these truth-building, faith-building songs, man, you're saying no to something that all of the greatest heroes in the Bible did to overcome their fear. I mean, great leaders like Moses would sing to build their faith. Great warriors like King David would sing to build their courage. Mary sings here at the Christmas story, you know, to strengthen her faith. Jesus himself, on the night that he was betrayed, sang hymns on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he was arrested and then put on the cross for our sins. Godly men and women have sung songs about their faith to increase their courage and assuage their fear. And they've been doing it since the Christmas story and long before that. Friends, I have a pastor who's a friend who had a son that struggled with mental illness all of his life. And it was a horrible trial for that family. And sadly, that kid made the worst possible decision and he did the worst possible thing when he just gave into his fear and gave into his despair. And when he did that, he broke his parents' hearts and he broke the hearts of everybody who loved him. And his dad has such a powerful ministry that I'm telling you, if I called his name, even if you're not a believer today, you know who I'm talking about. But he and his wife love the Lord and they serve the Lord. But when they went through that son's death, they said it was the worst pain they had ever experienced in their lives. But as they walked through that valley of the shadow of death, one of the things that got them through it was not watching TV it wasn't listening to talk radio or any other form of escape. They intentionally filled their house with praise music that reminded them of the love of God and the presence of God and the promises of God. Man, every time they got in the car, they would crank up Christian music that would remind them of the love of God and the, you know, the closeness of God and the power of God. I mean, they're doing just what Mary did. They intentionally filled their minds with music that increased their faith and reminded them that God knows everything and nothing surprises him. And even when life is tough, he still loves us. You know, Sarah and I did the same thing when she got cancer. Uh, you know, we all get surprised sometimes. We all get worried. We all get fearful sometimes. 
but not God. And he sees our path a long way before we do. And he's kind of a, a, a way maker for us. And when we get afraid, we need to remember that and singing, singing this Christian music that reminds us of who God is and how he feels about us. It's what Mary did. And it's what many of us do when we feel our courage begin to sag. You know, my son Cam is a worship pastor and a Christian songwriter. And uh, his band is called Ghost Ship. And they just released a new album that's really changing lives. It's kind of been an incredible thing. So they've been touring quite a bit this year. And he told me about an amazing conversation he had with a kid who's a ministry student, a kid. I mean, he's a young man who's a ministry student at Liberty University up in Lynchburg, Virginia. Now, this young man, when he was in high school, had a terrible struggle with pornography. Uh, he got into a porn addiction in high school. And, you know, when he finally confessed that sin and he began to get some victory over that, man, his heart began to, you know, heal. His mind began to clear. He felt like God was maybe calling him into the ministry. And so he prayed about that and he eventually left the marketplace and, and went to Liberty University to study for the ministry. But sadly, he was in a season in his life where he kind of fell back into that porn addiction and he just filled his mind with that trash. And when he did, it filled his soul with fear. He feared he'd never be able to honor God. He feared he'd never be rid of this. That kid, that kid was so discouraged by this failure, this sin. He was so disappointed in himself that he just laid on the floor of his dorm room all day, so defeated, so sad about this stronghold in his life. Thought about quitting training for the ministry, quitting everything. And you know how this fear of inadequacy, work, inadequacy works. There's a dark voice in the back of your mind that just says, you know what? You're just not good enough. You're not good enough. You'll never conquer this thing. You're too much of a hypocrite for God to use. God is never going to forgive and he's never going to restore you again. Bro, you're so weak. God doesn't even love you. You know what? God's ashamed of you. And that's the voice you hear. It's the voice of hell. And while he was kind of suffocating in that fear, just like Mary, God sent him a message. A buddy of him texted him a file of one of Cam's songs. And the song is entitled Believe. And it's just a passionate call to believe in God. It's a call to believe what God says, no matter what's going on in your life. Man, believe God when every fear says no. Believe God when everything in the world says no. Believe him. Man, believe what he says. Believe, man. Nobody can take that away from you. That's what Mary thought. That's what Joseph did. That's what Elizabeth and, and Zachariah did. That's what the shepherds did. They believed God and their belief, their faith in him helped them overcome their fear. And so this student heard that song and it started to lift his, lift his heart from fear to faith. And so he played it again. And then he played it again and again and again. I know some of y'all have done that. I know I've done that. I get some song that really speaks to me and I just play it over and over and over. And every time he did, he was reminded of God's love for him. And refocused on God's power to forgive and God's promise to heal and, and heal our hearts from that sin. And that song was such an encouragement to him that he went on the Internet, you know, to download the rest of the album. And he saw on the website where Cam's band was playing in Lynchburg that night. And so, man, he went and got dressed and went to that concert to get another dose of that truth telling, soul building, God exalting music. And his fear was replaced by faith. And the man, that's what he told Cam when he met him, told him the difference, that one song, the message of God's truth made in his life. Do not be afraid. Believe. Trust in me. I am with you. And friend, when you get paralyzed by the fear that you're just not enough, that you're just not adequate, 
adequate for whatever. It's either because you don't know that the Holy Spirit of Jesus lives in every follower of Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, he's enough. Either you don't know that or you forgot that. Fear made you forget. And so I want to encourage you to do what Mary did that first Christmas. Do what that student at Liberty did. Do what that pastor in California did. Do what Sarah and I did when she had cancer. Do what every compassionate Christian makes it a habit to do every week. Come here. Worship with us. Learn with us. Sing with us so that your faith will be strong and you will not be afraid. Father, thank you for the message of Christmas. Thank you for the angels that sang on the Hillsong about the power that you were going to show in Bethlehem that night. Thank you, Father, for the song that Mary sang that reminded her that from the beginning of the world, Lord, you had a plan to save our world and you were going to send a Savior and he was going to be that little baby that Mary would bring into the world in Bethlehem. Thank you, Father, for the way David was encouraged by the Psalms and Moses was encouraged, Lord, when he had miraculous things to overcome. And I pray, God, that there will be somebody here today that this Christmas will be the time when they remember. They will remember that you love them, that you have a sense of favor that you want to give them. I pray, God, that this will be the Christmas, that we will turn back to you, and, Lord, that we will build our faith and overcome our fears. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you, everybody.